and welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Callum Duthie, an online personal trainer, whose mission is to help parents and time-strapped people stay on top of their fitness with time-effective workouts, either at home or in the gym, all while eating the foods they love. Welcome, Callum, to the Refreshing Change podcast. Thanks for joining me today. No worries. It's an absolute honour to, to be on it. I've seen so much about it on your socials and I couldn't wait to get involved. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, I felt like it was time to return the favour after I came on your one. So uh, the Big Fitness podcast, worth a listen to if you've not checked out already. But I'm sure you can name drop it throughout the throughout the episode. Well, but yeah. Calm, you and I have known each other for uh, like oh god for a number of years since uni days I suppose and we've we've shared a bit of a similar journey I suppose mm-hmm. through you know starting up our own business and we've worked together on a few different projects and things but could you for the benefit of the listeners just give us a bit of a brief background about yourself who you are and what you do uh, yeah so basically long long story short I'm an online personal trainer based in based in Edinburgh that help uh, busy parents and people in their 30s and 40s um, lose weight, improve their confidence and ultimately live a better and healthier lifestyle, um, which for me is kind of the, the main priority of, the, of what I do. Weight loss I've always seen as a, as a byproduct, as a supplementary outcome of living a healthier lifestyle. So whilst the, the main focus of everybody coming in to the coaching academy is weight loss, we also focus on like habits and lifestyle building but that's kind of where I am right now but yeah you're right we've known each other for oh god since yeah since the uni days and our kind of our lives have been although although very separate have very much intertwined it um what seems to be crucial aspects of both our lives (laughs) um so yeah long story short um I was working sports and exercise science um, at uni where we we kind of met through uh, your role as a sports president and then from there on in it's just kind of been a life of self-employment for myself and um, I've never been a I've never worked um, under somebody alongside somebody I've never had a nine-to-five I did work in hospitality for a number of years but that was always to supplement a kind of a snowboarding business that I had many years ago and um, which was teaching people how to become instructors um, but that really wasn't my passion that really wasn't where my enjoyment lay my enjoyment lay in the hobby of snowboarding mm. but it never lay in the in the business of becoming a, a travel agent essentially is what it was becoming I always enjoyed helping people and coaching people to become I know it sounds cliche but we're on a refreshing change podcast so why not uh, become better versions of themselves yeah. And I think, you know, as a coach, I've always I've always had that desire and aspiration to take somebody from from point A, where they are, where they're suffering, where they're struggling, and guide them and show them that there is a better opportunity and a better way of living out there. Um so that that made me kind of retrain um and kind of use my sports science degree and uh, become a personal trainer, um, where I worked at a, a very popular I don't know what your thoughts are in brand dropping on this. Oh, I mean, we're not getting paid by them at all, but go for it. <laughs> go for it if you want. Yeah. Maybe I could write to Mr. B and ask him for some uh, endorsement. But yeah, go so, for it. Yeah, I worked at um, Virgin Virgin Active in Fountain Park in Edinburgh um, as my first uh, first gym gig. And that was probably about 20, 2014, 2015, I think it was. And it was, it was amazing to begin with. Like, I loved it. You know, I had to go through the PT qualification, even though I had a degree in sports science, which led me down to staying a week in London and Canadian Wharf. So I was like, you know, I thought, I thought I'd made it. I thought everything was super cool. Um, and the reality of becoming a PT um, very, very quickly sunk in. And this goes across the board for the majority of personal trainers who have just qualified. This isn't just my experience. Um, but you get given the gym floor. You're like, there's a gym floor, go get yourself clients. With very little training, with very little knowledge, with very little ways in how to sell yourself and how to like basically just help people apart from that six-week qualification that um, most people um, have acquired. And I was fortunate enough, I guess, where I did have the knowledge of sports science in the background to mm-hmm. uh, kind of back up my claims and back up what I was trying to do. 
But for the vast majority of people, you know, it's career changes. It's, you know, their hobbies that they've gone into and they thought, okay, let's just become a PT. And I remember very, very vividly uh, within the first kind of two, maybe three weeks, um, there's a Starbucks upstairs in um, Fountain Park kind of complex. And I was sitting there on the phone to my now wife. Um, we were engaged at the time. And I phoned her and I said, Luna, that's my wife's name. That just came out. <laughs> um, I can't, I, I don't think I can do this. You know, I don't think I can, I can put myself, make myself vulnerable. I don't think I can ultimately make the sales and hit the targets that were being set to me because what I was essentially in was a sales job without actually realizing disguised as a personal training job. Mm. And she'll if she listens to this she'll uh, she'll probably comment but um i'm gonna paraphrase slightly but it's pretty accurate she went callum we have a wedding to pay for mm. i suggest you get yourself back down to that floor and start selling and hum up <laughs> <laughs> and i was like all right fair enough so that was that was kind of the catalyst i needed um if she had the support and the belief in me to go and do so then i just had to believe in myself to go mm. to go ahead and do it and from that moment, um, I was, I don't know, I was like a, um, what's the boy called? The boy from Wolf of Wall Street. I was just, I saw money and that was me. I, I, in the back of my mind, I just went in to pay for it. So I was like, I was taking on everybody and anybody. And very quickly became the, the top, uh, one of the, well, one of the top, if not the top, um, grossing PTs within uh, Fountain Park. Um and within the Virgin Scotland branches. And we got taken down to London as a wee celebration um, to go to this big conference, which was pretty cool. It was the first time I'd ever experienced like a business trip and whatnot. Um, but I realized I got bored quite quickly and there was nothing challenging me. There was, you know, I found it quite straightforward, quite easy. Um, you know, after, after that kick up the ass to go and kind of chat to folk and make sales. And then my wife and I decided, you know, why not? Let's, you know, we've I made I made decent money doing it. She she was in a good job as well. So we decided, you know what, let's let's put let's put being adults on the back burner and um, go away traveling for, for six months. And that's what that's what we did. And it came to this point in my life where, you know, I'd gone away, you know, again, kind of cliche, found myself, but I came, <laughs> I came back thinking I was like very, very uh very vanilla like because mm. everybody that we had met were um cool quirky hipster could play guitar had dreadlocks and you know it was a proper like traveling experience um but it got me thinking it's like did i want to ultimately work um in an environment that i was the top person in the room and um, the one with people you know any new trainers coming to me to to um to listen to my experience where they were being challenged from a work ethic point of view, but I wasn't being challenged because there was nobody there to challenge me um, in terms of kind of growing myself and growing my personality, therefore growing my business. Um, so before actually going back to working as a PT, I decided now's a perfect opportunity. I'd done it before. Let's, let's go self-employed. Let's go freelance much to, everybody else's amazement that you know I was going to do this again and kind of dive into the world of self-employment but for me it was a challenges that um, I enjoyed it was a challenge of kind of building a reputation building a business figuring out systems figuring out programs and kind of like not relying on the the advertising and the marketing of the virgin brand and relying on the brand of me becoming that personal brand becoming that person that people could relate to and understand that I was one that was going to give them the, the goals and the achievements that they wanted. And so I did that and continued to do that for, for a number of years after, after we came back and then the pandemic, the world famous pandemic that everybody's aware of uh, um, hit. And I, I don't think anybody really realized the complexity, the duration and the severity of, of this, of the, COVID-19 pandemic I think everybody thought you know it'll be a couple of weeks six weeks and uh, I'm sure you've heard this from other guests on your podcast and I'm sure people have spoken about it as well but um, I don't think anybody really realized the length of time it was going to go on for 
um, which made me have to change my business overnight. Literally, I decided to pull out the gyms a week before we went into lockdown. So I had a week essentially to build a brand spanking new business with the knowledge that I had. Um, and I was riding on cloud nine. I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I could, I was challenging myself again and whatnot. And yeah, I think the same as everything else. It was a, a change of service. It was a change in styles, a change in life. And the, the way I, the way I kind of reasoned with it in my head was, um, you're going to your favorite coffee shop and that changes into a bar. Mm. You can still get coffee from it, but it's not the same environment. And it's definitely not the same standard of coffee. And I'm a, as you know, I'm a big uh, coffee guy, coffee lover. So from a client perspective, going from the gym floor, all of a sudden into an online environment, I find that analogy quite fitting because they're still getting the same service. In fact, they're probably getting a better service but ultimately it's a completely different experience that they were used to. And a lot of the time people come to you because of you. Right. And that was one thing that I slowly and took very personally um, was people leaving because at that time I couldn't figure out why they were leaving and it wasn't anything to do with me. It was purely down to the circumstances of the world um, economics and also a change in service so that's kind of brought me up to maybe two years ago um, without going any further because I know you have other things to ask me so yeah no that's great that's it in a nutshell <laughs> in a nutshell I love that um, I love doing this because you find out stuff you know obviously know you quite well but you find out stuff about people that you things that you didn't know so yeah I yeah find, <laughs> I find it very informative as well um Calm, like just even in what you just described there, there's there's been a load of change that you've probably experienced. Like, how do you feel about change? Do you because I find it really interesting speaking to some other guests about whether people embrace it, don't like it, yeah. it's inevitable, but try and resist it. So, what's your I suppose what's your relationship with change? Um I think change is important. Mm-hmm. Um I've always I've always had that. We get very comfortable um being in the same job having the same partners, being in the same environment, being in the same house, flat, city, town, whatever. And I think a lot of the time we, as humans, are resistant to change. And again, this is just, this is, this is my opinion. And I think change allows you to accomplish way more than you could ever imagine. And change is good. Change is, for me, a positive. And how I go about kind of navigating the, the effects of change is probably not the way that you would just advise your clients to do. But for me, I just do it um, and deal with the consequences after, <laughs> afterwards. And um, I'll be honest, it's not always worked out. But with the journey that I've been on, the reason it's not worked out is those failures have been able to turn into positives. So I've learned from it and I'm very much a practical learner. You know, if somebody could say, go read this book, whilst it's good, you get a different insight, but um, I need to do it myself. I need to be slightly guided, but I need to definitely just try. And if I'm, if it's not working, if I'm meeting resistance, then I have to figure out why. And then that's the point and then ask for help. So to answer your question, um, I'm a big fan of change and I know not everybody is, but for me, change is always graced me with opportunity mm, love that grace you with opportunity Whoa. Whoa. That is a, that's a mic drop right there um yeah I love it and I am I suppose I'm similar in the way of um embracing change and I'm a real practical person so although I try and try and read my books I uh, I learn from from doing from having the curiosity and reflecting and gaining insights and all that good stuff um I find just reading books, like, don't get me wrong, I went through a ma- massive phase, especially during lockdown, mm-hmm. um, where I was reading, I was churning out two, three books a week. Oh, nice. And uh, they were, they were non, they weren't fiction, they were, they were business, they were personal development books. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, you've probably read a fair, fair amount yourself, but the reason we keep going back to them 
is because we're looking for one person's perspective that clicks and resonates with us, mm -hmm. which we may not have got from previous books, which is why you keep going back for more because you're looking for that thing or that knowledge bomb that goes, right, that is it. Because all these books, all these authors say exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's just completely portrayed in their own opinions. You're looking for that, their inner voice to come through to you and go, this is the one, this is mm -hmm. the one. And then that's ultimately when you then look further into their products or their services and then sign up to a mentorship or a coaching package or, you know, whatever. Um, and books are, books are evergreen. They're always going to be there. And the reason personal development books do so well is because nothing changes, right? It's mm -hmm. just down to implementation from the person that's reading it. Mm. Yeah, well, love that you said that, actually. And I, I would agree. I'm definitely, I see these memes of people that are like people that are big readers, but people that just buy books as a hobby. And I almost fall into the buy books as a hobby con <laughs> a category. Um but yeah, I have got, to be fair, over the years, I've got through a fair few, but you're right, a lot of them say the same thing. So it, I suppose what I've come to believe for myself or encourage other people to is, is, is read and consume as much as you want, but you still have to critically assess it for how it fits with you and your values and your life and your personality. Because yeah. that's when the implement, implementation becomes easier, when it's aligned to who we are. So there's people that I've, that I've followed in the past that I no longer align with so I don't consume any of their content I've unfollowed them I won't reread re their books and there's other people that I've discovered or found so I suppose it just comes with that curiosity around learning mm -hmm. like I'm open for you know for books or podcasts or videos or coaches to surprise me and and teach me something but I'm I've maybe been around the, the block a couple of times that yeah, also yeah. I'm not surprised if you know if they don't um but yeah, and again, it's knowing yourself at a level of here's where I know I'm going to learn the most. If you're a doer and you need practical experience. And I said to that, when you know, even back when I did my coach training, you know, there are some people that would read the study guides word for word, cover to cover. And I said to my mentor, like the guy that supported me through it, I'm not going to read all that. Like I'm on the calls, I'm doing the do, I'm, I'm learning in the way that is right for me. So that's even an, an important piece of the jigsaw, isn't it? Understanding how we learn. Yeah, definitely. And I think understanding how you learn is is so important because everybody loves, does learn different ways. And whilst, you know, there's three or four different kind of main categories, like primary colors, you know, there's there's definitely, but how you learn is is deeper than that. Yes, you can say, oh, you're a visual learner, you're a reader, or audio, whatever, but it's how then you do you cross over? Is there an element of crossover? But I think one of the things to like mention about kind of the book reading as well is also a lot of people are afraid to just put a book down if it's not sitting with them. They'll mm -hmm. try and force their way through it and try and force their way to the very end because they see that as an accomplishment. But the bigger picture is, well, if that book's not sitting well with you, especially a personal development book, you are in control. You have the power to go actually this guy or this girl or this author is not sitting with me and they don't align with my goals or my vision, put it down, move on. There's like millions of books out there. So why put yourself through something that's ultimately going to trigger you um, just for the sake of, you know, your own ego of saying, I must finish this book. Mm. <laughs> There's nobody telling I, you to read it. Yeah, hundred percent. And equally, I'll come back to that in a second, but the thought that just came to mind was also sometimes we're not ready for the lessons that we're going to learn whether that's in a book or whether that's practically something that we trial and error or, or we, you know, launch a new offer or, you know, whatever it might be in life, if we're not ready for that, then it, it, it won't resonate the same. So I've definitely experienced that where I've reread a book, but actually I read one, um, was it the start of this year? But I'd already read it four years ago and I got something totally different out of it this time because I was ready for it. Mm -hmm. But when you were saying that about forcing yourself to finish the book, I've definitely been there. I, I think I think it comes from that narrative of don't quit, never give up. And I, I'd be interested to know your your thought on that from a PT <laughs> from a PT point of view, because I would I challenge that narrative now, and I used to totally buy into it, never give up, keep doing work harder. But actually, having the self awareness and understanding of whether something is ultimately in alignment with the goal that you're trying to go for is very different to pushing through just because we've committed to saying we're going to do something so 
yeah, I'm quite big on getting over these or getting rid of these kind of generic, for want of a better phrase, bullshit statements that actually yeah. can be really counterproductive to people's success. So, you know, if you're just persevering with something because you've started it and it's not the right thing for you anymore, there's so much more power and peace with letting it go. Do you, what's your take on that from the from a fitness point of view? Because I, I think it's quite heavy in the fitness industry of like never give up, work hard or, you know, all of that sort of mindset. Yeah, I think, so I, yeah, I'll, I'm going to be honest. Like I think Go honesty is always the best policy. And I think, you know, a couple of years ago, I was definitely falling into that camp as don't, uh, don't quit, don't give up. You're better than this. You can do better. You know, the only way you can become better is by do better. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very toxic. And the only reason I'm saying that is because at the end of the day, I have come, come through the worst um, mental struggles myself and realized that the reason, one of the reasons, well, the main reason I burn out and kind of got diagnosed with severe depression is because I was putting that on myself. I was going, I was looking for something. I was searching for something. I was, there was an empty hole and I was trying to fill it. And I did it through through serious, serious training um, to the point where it's not, it just didn't become an addiction. It became far worse than that. And when I couldn't get a training session and when I couldn't do something, I beat myself up seriously to the next level. And I was getting annoyed. I was getting pissed off with everybody else that was trying to pull me away from that scenario because like I was like you just don't understand I need to do this for me thinking that I was the most important person in my world now whilst I do agree to that to a certain degree because you have to be number one in your life otherwise nobody nobody else is going to look after you so you have to look after yourself first but there's definitely um, stages <laughs> as to which um, that becomes a problem and I was definitely in that problematic area where I was just like, it was my way or the highway. And I, I couldn't care about anybody else. And if you weren't aligning with me, if you weren't sitting next to me on my journey, then I was neglecting you. I mean, I lost friends over it. I lost, uh, you know, very, I lost a lot of money over it as well. I lost almost my business over it because I had that mindset. Um, to the point where people really close to me as well were asking me like or not asking me directly but asking my wife what's Callum doing who is this guy we don't know this guy and these people were like pretty close to us so to have that was uh, was um pretty hard hitting um so in terms of you know don't quit never give up there has to come a point where you go actually this isn't working but that's okay how else can I go and achieve my goal that I've set myself, be it in business, be it in health and fitness, weight loss, um, life coaching, whatever. And are there other people, other opportunities that are going to align with who I am more than that individual that was trying to drive that person to failure because that's the way their coaching ethos was? Mm. I'm not quite sure if that actually made sense, but no, no, it's it's good. There, I think there's there, yeah, there's so much in that. I think that what I find from some of these narratives is that it it disempowers people and stops them giving permission to themselves to then be able to yeah. do to do the quitting. Which actually, you know, in in the example you just shared so openly, is sometimes the healthiest thing for us is to walk away from what we're doing. Yeah. Um sometimes the pressure and overwhelm is coming we are the root cause of it we're putting it on ourselves we're creating that environment or that situation which is actually causing us to be whether it's low mood miserable depressed anxious whatever that might be it's all it's a, almost like a form of kind of self-sabotage isn't it we're we're inflicting totally. pain on ourselves um but i think some of this narrative in the in the personal development space around don't quit positive vibes only when people see that I think it it makes it harder to step away from the stuff that we think is going to help get us to that goal if that makes sense yeah well like what like what happens when 
you wake up one day and you're you know you've just got a shit day ahead of you mm. you know you know you've got a shit day ahead of you and you're like oh, you know i'm a bit I, I, I just can't be asked but i've got to go and do it so your mood automatically changes but um you can't you can't quit that because that's part of your job but there's certain things you have to do but knowing that that's just for one day but when it continues on and when you're kind of beating yourself up this is not for me then what you what you said is absolutely bang on oh sorry keep going i lost your audio for a second can't go back can you rewind a little bit to what you were saying uh oh man i was in the flow i I know sorry the the wi-fi i don't know if it was you or me but i just cut out um but yeah, I think, you know, with regards to the whole, like, don't quit mentality, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely prevalent in the in the fitness industry. Um, it's probably definitely prevalent in the personal develop, development industry as well. Um, and it's, it, it is extremely um, toxic and it is extremely harmful to, to individuals. And yeah, I wouldn't, um, I definitely don't coach like that anymore. Mm. Definitely don't do that. And again, like I've named this episode "Evolve Constantly" because actually, oh, nice. you know, it's um, for us both. You know, I suppose we, we there's so many similarities about what we do, although the kind of the I suppose the product is different, but it's the same sort of analogy, really, isn't it? But the um, it, like even having the ability to say I used to do this and I used to believe that. And I've gone through my own experience and journey, which has now shifted my perspective. And now the way I build my business or the way I serve as clients or the way I speak to people is, is night and day to where I was three years ago. Like that, you know, and I, I resonate with that because that, that's the journey I've been on as well. But I think there's, you know, it's powerful to be able to do that. And I think people shy away from thinking, well, does that mean I was wrong in the past? No, it's just, it's just the stage you're at in the journey. You know, like we always learn by what we go through. Does that resonate? Yeah, I think we're like massively self-critical as well. You know, if something does if something doesn't work out, we we go to us and go, oh, I failed. Mm. <laughs> what have you failed? Like, what have you actually failed? Mm. You've not failed anything. You're still alive. Mm. You may have squandered a bit of cash, but money's money's fluid. You can just, you can always get money, mm. and I think when it comes to that element of failure it's a positive it's a huge positive but you can only accept failure as a positive when you have truly failed mm. but and that could be that could be anything so in my line of work um a lot of people come to me and said oh i'm just destined to feel this way i'm destined to look this way to weigh this way to, for clothes not to fit the way they used to i'm destined for it like, well, what have you tried in the past? Well, I've tried various um, diets and various gimmicks and whatnot to try and shift the weight, whatever, insert goal um, they've tried, but never never really fully understood why they were doing it, apart from the, the egotistical mindset of, I want to lose weight. But the way I coach is, well, why is it you're wanting to lose that weight? What is it that makes, what does that weight represent? Is that weight your confidence? Is that weight your self-esteem? Is that weight the fact that you got bullied when you were at school? And the reason you were that way is because that's the way the bullies said that you'll always be. When you actually start, like, I know we've, we've read the same book and we're aware of kind of what we're talking about right here. But when you start asking questions to a deeper level, that's when you really truly get the answers that that individual is actually unaware of, but subconsciously aware of. And for me, that's the most important thing. Because like I said in the introduction is for me, weight loss is a byproduct and it will always will be. It is the quickest thing to drop off when you are coaching clients and it's the habits and the lifestyle. But my goal has always been to ensure that I am the last coach last PT, last weight loss, whatever you want to call me, person, an individual ever needs to come to because I'm coaching you how to sustain and maintain those results for life with with knowledge and education, not just uh, 
everybody knows a lean in 15 or you know um insanity workout it workouts are your five percent of what your day actually looks like it's everything else is built around it so um i don't actually remember what the question was but um i just get so passionate when i speak about stuff like this because failure that's what it was because people people are just so hard on themselves mm. and they don't have to be at all yeah yeah and almost that like our in our inner critic is always going to be mean to us anyway so if we add our like conscious thoughts on top of all of that as being negative we're just beating ourselves up even more but I love that you said that like asking questions at a deeper level and that's I suppose why I'm so passionate about coaching because I think working with an another individual whether that's a PT or a coach to take you to that deeper level because often on our own we don't ever explore things necessarily to that sort of depth or degree um and the other thing you said about failures almost just and again this is not to confuse this with toxic positivity but just a shift in mindset mm -hmm. to look at failure from a point of what have I learned what have I gained you know even if things don't work out whether that's a relationship a job a, you know a coaching program a workout regime whatever it is if it's not worked out for you you'll still have learned lessons in that process yeah. whether, whether that's about yourself or stuff about what you do and don't want or do and don't desire that's useful data moving forward so again it's not I'm, I'm really anti-toxic positivity but I think with failures it's a mindset shift to think right what has this taught me what lessons have I gained what yeah. and how does that help me propel to the next phase of life I suppose yeah totally I mean I've been uh, I've been part of different coaching coaching methodologies uh, mentorships etc and you notice I said plural you know mentorships and different coaches because everybody has their lifespan everybody has their kind of duration of time that you're going to be part of their program for and you leaving should just be a case of amazing thank you so much you've achieved this, this is what, you know, you can go away and put into practice yourself. Now it's up to you whether you go back to that person or not to try and go to the next level, or you could try somebody or something else, but you'll still have the knowledge that you've gained from that previous experience. It's not, you're never going to be starting again. And I think that's what people think when they leave or when they quit or when they fail, quote unquote fail, is that they're starting brand new. Mm. Nobody starts brand new because every day is a new day. Every day is a day that you've learned something and you have more information waking up tomorrow than you did waking up today. 100%, couldn't agree more, love that. I knew this would happen, Would I sent Calm, <laughs> I sent calm questions before, um, and I knew, I knew. I mean, it's all good stuff, but I knew we'd, we'd go off topic a little bit. Yeah. But um, one, one thing I was gonna ask you was, because I mean, there's loads in that about, about change, and, yeah. and I know you said you kind of just jump in and just, just do it, do you would you say like um at any point in your career or journey that you planned out where you're trying to get to or is that uh, or is it just a kind of go with the flow approach what's the and there's no right or wrong answer no. to any of this but what's your what's your vibe with that Callum um so previously it was go with the flow okay um my, my whole reason for going self-employed was to live a lifestyle that massively complemented both my wife and I, and we were able to afford a holiday and luxuries at the weekend, right? However, recently I've, um, I've become a dad, and in the last six months, that has been one of the biggest perspective shifts I have ever had in my life, and I cannot even put into words how different my overall again quote unquote mission has become um, and only now have I actually gone this is what I want to create this is what I want to achieve both financially personally professionally um, these are all the things that I've semi-mapped out um, and the reason they're semi-mapped out is because there's going to be deviations from that line however the end goal is the same okay like how i get there is semi-map but the end goal is the same nice yeah i love that and i i would agree with some of that i think I de i'm definitely a goal oriented planning type person yeah. i think there has to be fluidity in the how you know 
um because I suppose in life there's a bit of trial and error and you mentioned that a bit with business earlier isn't there you know there's there's a constant evolution of what business looks like or how you adapt things or how you respond especially with that you know overnight going from in person to online yeah and there's a lot of trial and error in it so yeah I, I love that um I was just intrigued to know whether you were a, a planner or, or not. <laughs> we've um, we've... not a planner. I like I'll be honest. My wife does all the all the planning. I am uh, very much a passenger uh, <laughs> to to my detriment because she gets really annoyed that I've not planned what to do this weekend. And when I do want to plan something, everybody else is doing something because I've not planned anything. Mm. So in terms of that, um, I'm very much not a planner. And I'm do I am trying to improve because of our daughter. Um, because I'm realizing that planning is actually essential. <laughs> if you want to do anything, you have to plan. Even if it's just getting out the house, you have to plan something. Mm. And I suppose there's the um, you were just saying this before we went before we hit record and went live about like how precious time has become. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I suppose that planning allows you, I suppose, to optimize and use your time efficiently and effectively. Um, and I suppose that you know for people might have perspective shifts at any stage in their life but I suppose becoming a parent's one of them where yeah your time is valuable isn't it so that that planning and optimizing it's probably essential oh yeah um I mean you, you, you can't see it because it's actually on the ground oh. out of out of sight <laughs> which should be on the wall and um, but I've got a whiteboard with Monday to Friday and right. I take the weekends off and every single day my weeks my weeks are on repeat they're rinse and repeat exactly the same things I do every single day but that creates a system that I know what to do on a Monday Tuesday Wednesday etc um and that only came about with a sit down um with my wife because she loves planning she loves organization she loves ensuring that because her job she needs that she has that and I think this is a detriment I've never worked um under somebody or with somebody and um, I've always been self-employed I kind of loosely feel that I've missed those opportunities to nobody likes admin but at least have a grasp of you know basic planning over a 90-day period in business or over the next year five years ten years um but that's why i've had mentors because they've mm. kind of made me forecast where i want to go and what i want to achieve yeah and i suppose it's it's almost essential in business and and arguably you could relate this to life as well but if you want to create anything like it is take any change you want to make it change doesn't happen overnight so there is a process of you know when am I going to dedicate some time to make that change happen or go and learn what I need to learn or put the action in, in place or give myself the space and then and the um I suppose the mental space to think about what's next or how thing you know how I want to go after different things so any sort of change does need a bit of planning doesn't it and again you might have a natural disposition, but it doesn't mean that you can't learn to be a better planner or yeah. learn to, you know, run the business differently. It's, and I think it's that openness to trying new things, isn't it? See, yeah. and, I've, and I've gone through phases of like whiteboards, wall planners, electronic paper diary. You have to find what works for you. I'm, I'm really passionate about that because it's different for everyone. Totally. Um, having something that, that supports you I suppose on your journey is um is important isn't it so you mentioned about becoming a dad which is amazing congrats thank you um how has that you kind of touched on this already but about your experience and how it's been a massive perspective shift for you but how is that in like transitioned into the work you do with clients is it kind of shifted the I think you said it shifted the business mission but what does that now look like I suppose post becoming a dad um I think Again, ultimately, I just I seem to have a greater understanding of clients' pain points, mm -hmm. for lack of a better expression, um, to take them from feeling like they're the last person that they can focus in on to trying to shift their own perspective to say, well, actually you are the most important person to work on because if you're not then your children child partner is going to suffer from that because who doesn't want uh, a healthy happy uh, wife husband kids and um, 
I think everybody aspires to, to, to have, to have that, you know, if you, if that's the way you want to take your life. And I think since becoming a parent, it is no longer about me. Um, but it is still very much about how can I serve my family better? And I think that's ultimately now what I'm able to understand into a greater and deeper level than what I was ever able to experience in the past before. And that's, that's not just to say that, you know, you have to become a parent to understand, like that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. But for me, that's, that was almost the, the door opening that allowed me to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody, like everybody's busy. Everybody's lacking time. So it's ensuring that, you know, we can create time, time slots within our day. Um, so whether you're a CEO, whether you're a parent, whether you're, you know, just have a super busy socializing calendar, finding the time is always going to be that hard part for yourself. So it doesn't matter what bracket you fall under. It's ensuring that you can uh, um, work work on yourself to some some degree. So that's ultimately where, um, where I've found the, the one of the greatest benefits in my business is uh, is having that deeper understanding of what their struggles are. Mm. I suppose it's like like you say you can understand it to a degree having not experienced it but I suppose the empathy the level of empathy once you've experienced it for yourself just you can't you can um you can't learn that without experiencing it I suppose just actually going through it yourself to then the power to be able to help someone else with that um, no, exactly yeah exactly it's like it's like being a special uh, the, the way I the way I compare a lot of stuff in my life is like how would a professional athlete deal with it which which probably isn't the best narrative to to follow but it's, it's one that works with me but how how would um uh, an elite sports person deal with a situation well actually you don't know you've got no idea how they would because you've never experienced what it's like to be an elite athlete mm-hmm. but what you can semi-understand is the process is exactly the same as the process that you would take maybe just you know to a finer percentage of attention to detail but you can never be you can never empathize with it because you just don't know. But until you are a professional, then you go right. Okay, so this is what this guy's or girl's done. This is how you can go about doing it. So you have to have experienced a certain level to to deal with it and to understand it. Mm. Yeah, it's powerful. Um, I'm surprised you used the word you used the word busy in there because I know that you um, that came up when we had a chat in your <laughs> podcast, and I'm really not a fan of the word. Um, but well, like, yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like how you described it because actually time is precious we all have different amount well we don't have different amounts of time we all have the same time but depending on your lifestyle and what your life is made up of it will determine what time you allocate to different things but I think what you what I was picking up from what you're saying was about being able to have an, a unique approach to each individual which I think is so so where it's at and, I, and again that's I suppose what I try and do with my coaching is trying to move people away from if you know if you're going to the gym you have to go before work well for some folk that doesn't work it's finding it's like life hacking your way through through your days through your weeks through your months doing it in a way that is right for you which might be different to Jimmy down the road or Fred next door but you're the only one living your life so it's about yeah finding the time for the stuff that you want to do ultimately isn't it yeah totally and like uh when you when you were on our podcast we did uh you did mention the the, the deep hatred for the word busy right and i think nobody's busy right controversially nobody's busy mm. we're just time management we, we suck at it mm. which ultimately creates that what well, I, I guess what you what we're trying to say is you know you're not defined by the word busy. I think, you know, when you speak to somebody, you haven't spoken to somebody in a while, oh, it's so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. Well, tell me more because mm. that's not defining who you are. Like you're, <laughs> the reason you're busy is because you suck at time management. <laughs> mm. Yeah, or people, which I find just people fill their time with stuff that's not important. So, yeah. I, and that that is why I should probably explain where my hatred for the word busy comes because I explained it on, on your podcast, Helen, but when I used to be in a corporate setting I used to do a lot of networking conferences all that sort of stuff and the sort of small talk you would have 
on repeat with 40 people over the course of a day was, how are you? Oh, I'm busy. How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm busy. I'm so busy. So busy. And people out trying out busy each other. It's like a, it's like people wear it as a badge of honor to say, yeah. like, I'm more important because I'm the busiest person in this room, which I and I do think there's a sh- there's starting to be a shift with this in that people or, or, or what I see are unperceived, but I see more and more people like you described earlier not going after the vanilla life they want a bit of cookie dough or a bit of chocolate chip or whatever fish food fish food that is a good one i do like (laughs) we've done loads of brand name drops you get ben and jerry's a wee sponsor as well um but people are looking for life that you know it's not being defined as busy it's it's the time ultimately time freedom right folk want to do stuff on their time scales and live a life filled with joy and happiness with people they love. And that is starting, I think, to become people's definition of success rather than I'm on the hamster wheel, I'm working an 80 hour work week, I'm driving all over the country, I'm managing a family and I'm, you know, I'm in this state of overwhelmed stress and chaos 24 seven. Like, yeah. I, th- I think people are starting to waken up to this and I, and I love it because it's, it's what I'm all about but that's why I hate the word busy because I think it just keeps people stuck in this routine of I'm just filling my day and my week and my month with stuff that that maybe I feel like I should be doing because we're, we're people pleasing or I've been told to do it but I don't enjoy it I'm massively out of alignment I'm miserable I'm just showing up I'm not quitting because I've I've you know made a commitment it's all that sort of negative stuff that that I do think it has such an impact on people's mental well-being so yeah, yeah that that in in a nutshell is why I hate the word busy and also like you said it's so non-descriptive isn't it it actually doesn't tell you anything no it doesn't um I know I know it's your podcast and I know you're the one that's ans- asking me questions mm-hmm. but I've got a question for you you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh you know the individual that works an 80 hour week mm-hmm. um now we probably we probably hear it quite a lot um, with our with our line of work that oh, I'm, I'm busy I work 60 70 80 just insert hours there um, I cannot commit I cannot do I do not have time for myself mm-hmm. what is your opinion firstly of those not of the individual themselves but of that sentence that they use an 80 hour a week and what can they do about it to ensure that are they doing it to please other people do they actually have 80 hours of work to do? Go for it. Yeah, I think there's so much in that, isn't there? I think um, the first thing is, like, are you are you lying to yourself? Like, are you actually, do you actually need to work all of those hours? And some people will be in jobs where, yeah, that is just the standard. Yeah. But then that gets me into a whole thought, uh, thought piece around the corporate world of work in that that's not sustainable for any human being. So no. no, whatever your job, you know, if you're running a company or whatever, it's, it, it's not healthy. So that comes back to like a conversation around boundaries. And I definitely think we're in a, if you look at the corporate world, we're in a position where the individual has given so much to the organization over the over time, over years, that we have got really unhealthy boundaries about work-life balance. And people yeah. find it a real struggle to shift the, to shift the ratio in favor of life I think so that's a whole you know it's a whole podcast in itself about the kind of, of course yeah, yeah. corporate setting and environment because I do think for a lot of people that is actually a reality um in terms of how to go about making a small change I think it first comes with a with a mindset shift about like you said about putting yourself first so why are you giving so much of yourself to a company or an organization that's actually you know would replace you in a second if you left so I I think it is just taking back the power stepping into your own power taking back the reins of your life and thinking right ultimately what is going to bring me joy and happiness if your job does amazing but it's still about putting in healthy boundaries to allow you to look after your own holistic wellness and whether that's relationship with others working out eating well sleeping all that stuff is important as a human being but if you're one of these people that's in a job that you don't love and it is robbing you of time, go and make a change. Figure out. And that comes firstly, I suppose, from figuring out who you actually are and what you actually want, which are two of the kind of fundamentals that I work with people, with yeah. coaching clients. Yeah. I think a lot of people are lost. They don't know. They don't necessarily know 
they're kind of they're kind of in this routine we're living life on autopilot and I think it, the first thing is to stop and observe and take stock and then you might start to find pockets of time where you can start dedicating to to yourself but if you don't then something's going to have to give so it's a, I suppose about looking about where you can get that sorry I've got really warm and uh, an expression like full of expression as I've been sharing it because I'm so passionate about it I can I can see it yeah forward. I think like there's like super valuable insights in there and I think you know what lockdown actually taught us was that there's that you can always deconstruct your day to find time and you know a lot of the general population were working from home so naturally they gained two hours a day yeah because they didn't have a commute but when you ask them what are you doing with that time oh I'm sleeping in or I'm still rush to get to my laptop well again my opinion that's that's a choice that you have made because if you had to commute you'd have been up an hour before at least so what can you then do how can you then gain back this time it's just what you've said you know you're finding pockets of time throughout the day that you can dedicate and whether you know it's 15 minutes it's half an hour whatever that you know allocation may be you can still achieve a hell of a lot in that time Mm-hmm. you know if you can if you can dedicate an hour a day to something that's five hours a week yeah of your monday to friday and that's yeah. a lot yeah 20 hours a month yeah and that hour a day doesn't need to be uh, an hour a uh, start to finish it could be four 15 minute chunks if oh, that adds up absolutely. um so, or six 10 minute you know it's it's trying to it's trying to be a innovative I suppose with how how you do it but I think it's funny your observation was that people um were sleeping in my observation from chatting to some people with the work from home and no commute was that they were just logging on their computer an hour earlier so they're actually giving more of their self to work um which is interesting and again I I, and I get it I've been there I've, I've worked in a corporate setting for a decade they will take as much as they can I think it's just stepping into your power and putting the boundaries in place to say like I'm important and I'm gonna dedicate an hour or you know what there's loads of quotes that say like an hour is only whatever one twenty-fourth of your day isn't it four percent right there you go so yeah it's nothing and arguably we should be doing you know so much more for ourselves than that but even as a as a bare minimum and start small I, I again I don't know if you would resonate with this in a kind of fitness space calm but you know for many people if if we're at point a and our goal is point b you know regularly working out doing a 45 minute workout three or four times a week whatever that might be but we're not there yet well there's so many steps in micro steps in between it might be like right i'm going to just work out once a week i'm going to go for a 10 minute walk at lunchtime four days a week and build up to we're never going to go from one to a hundred in one jump so and I think that kind of almost puts people off starting yeah exactly um and I I think you know I've got one client that springs to mind um who started with me in January just passed there um and probably for the first four months she never did a workout Hmm. and people are like what do you mean she's not done a workout like she must not be getting results. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Like your workouts are supplementary to mm-hmm. improving your lifestyle and improving your healthy habits. Now, what we have done in that time, so and now I'm aware that you know we're now in September, but then this individual has lost 16 kilos in that time. And prior to actually beginning out workout a week, which was maybe four weeks ago. All we got, all we got her doing was increasing the levels of steps that she was taking a day, increasing the levels of fluid that she was taking a day, and giving her permission to have fifteen minutes a day to herself when she wasn't needed by her child, she wasn't needed by her husband, and she wasn't needed by work. That's it. And she's had probably one of the most incredible transformations from a person I've ever coached Mm. and she's done a handful of workouts. Mm. So anybody that says that you need to do workouts to get success, firstly, doesn't understand the deeper psychology 
of how the human works. Yeah. Yes, so true. It's, um, I had you in a trance there. I know, I know. I was like, oh God, I, I'm back on. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's so true. It's about, and again, I know you'll resonate with this, but, you know, people that have listened to me, the podcast for a while or that I've ever coached, like, will be fed up with me talking about a holistic approach. But it has to be, though. Oh, 100%. You, ha- you, you know, your life isn't compartmentalised. It And every decision and choice often impacts the next one so we have to take a real bird's eye view of everything that's going on but um yeah I love that it's it's just it's about a lifestyle change isn't it yep absolutely one of the questions I was going to ask you um was actually around I suppose clients and that desire to see like instant results which is almost what you just touched on there around um people thinking it's the workout, have to get the workout in, have to get the workout in. Um, but do you do you find other other clients really struggle with that concept of small daily habit change over time versus, yeah, and I suppose having that delayed gratification for the results coming in versus like that short, effectively instant gratification of like these promises of dropping 10 pounds in 24 hours or all of that sort of stuff? Yeah, so um, I think I've got I've got Amazon to blame for this. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we all do, we all do. The Amazon Prime effect is uh, detrimental to everybody's success. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, when it comes to clients wanting to achieve uh, a weight goal, it's essentially a rinse and repeat system to get them to achieve that result but understand what got them to where they are now is not going to get them to where they want to be Mm. so every time a a certain landmark or milestones achieved something else has to change and it's not it's not uh, adding anything in it's taking something away because we're looking for we're constantly looking to gain we're constantly looking to I need to add this in. I need to add that in. But when you actually say, when you actually sit down, because we do, I do calls like this with uh, with my clients, um, and say, what can we remove from your life that's going to make your life easier and allow you the space you need to start achieving your goals? And to be honest, nine times out of ten, it's um, communication with their other half. Mm. Because what I found over the, over time is that. If you do not have your partner on board or somebody that's super close to you, your family or whatnot, the results never happen because they're always trying to please that other person. Whereas if you're open to begin with saying, look, this I'm doing this for me, which will have the benefit of you in mind and X, Y, and Z in our life. Can you at least support me? And then that's when the results start to come. Um, but with regards to instant gratification changing, it's uh, it's a hard one because people have such a negative association with with scale weight, um, and that's the instant gratification that people always look for. It's like, oh, I weigh hundred kilos today, or oh, I weigh one hundred two kilos tomorrow. Oh, but I only weighed ninety seven kilos last week. It's like weight fluctuates, you know, and especially especially female weight due to the menstrual cycle that has massive implications on what is what the reading of the scale is um whereas a guy doesn't have that so a guy's weight loss is relatively linear to a certain degree a bit of water retention here and there depending on the weekend that they've had but a female's one is it, it can be all over the place and it can wreak absolute havoc with their with their mental state because they think that they're not making any progress but as I've said to clients in the past that, you know, weight loss or your weight is purely your gravitational pull to the earth's surface. And that's it. If you want to lose weight, stand and you've got clothes on, stand on the scales naked, like cut your hair, <laughs> like cut off a limb. That is how you lose weight. But what you're looking to do is ultimately lose body fat, which then helps make you feel better in the clothes because your clothes start fitting better. Therefore your confidence increases. Therefore your energy increases. And before you know it, that person is on a winning trajectory to, to what they perceive as their main goal, which is weight loss. Mm. I love that. And I, I, I did I, physics at school and that probably is the definition of weight, but I hadn't ever, 
I hadn't ever thought about it in the context of weight loss and people striving for that and actually looking at the scientific definition of what weight actually is. That's really powerful, Callum, because actually it is, it's a mindset shift, isn't it? Away from what is the number on the scales to how healthy do I feel? Yeah. Because you can weigh the same, right? Mm, yeah. It look completely different. Yeah. Yeah. But we have had ingrained into us, which is no fault of our own, um, that scale weight matters. And you have massive corporations that deem the success of their programs on this, which is what, in my opinion, what they're doing is actually creating more negativity, more mental health issues around food, around people's well-being. And we mentioned holistic approach. They don't even know what holistic means. Mm. <laughs> like they've got no idea. And they're the reason why I have a job. Mm. Yeah. So I thank them for it. Mm. <laughs> but and I, and I, I have to rebuild everybody back up again. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose the message for people out there is that a, a bit, you know, like you say, we can blame Amazon Prime. Also, I think just technology, everything's so instant at the click of a button these days, isn't it? And that... um even a bit with that work-life balance and people expecting a reply from an email instantaneously because you should be able to do that on your phone anywhere in the world. Like we're so accessible and everything's so instant that life is happening on like double speed almost, isn't it? But you've got the power to say, nah, I'm putting the, the right boundaries in and also I suppose then create those realistic changes that you want to make in your life and understand it uh, how it impacts your life holistically but also I suppose shifting the mindset to, to just I suppose live the what was the thing you said at the very beginning live the best version of you or yeah. you know which, which is ultimately what we're all striving for it just looks very different for different people doesn't it oh, of course it does and I think you know one, one of the things that you can say and you can look at as well like we, we always try and multitask we always try and do oh I will you know, you'll be sitting watching a program on Netflix while scrolling through your phone. Are you either, are you taking any information from any, either device? No, you're not. Like you've just missed half the episode because you've been on your phone scrolling social media. Yeah. And I think that was one of the biggest realizations I had um, because I do, I, do, um, I do dinner time and I do bath time with my, with my daughter. Um, and to begin with, when I first got kind of that role was I was still trying to, you know, do something on Instagram or check a Facebook group or check my clients and my daughter was screaming and I was getting stressed out and I was like, I need to do this. I need to do that. And it just wasn't like, it was turmoil. Whereas if you, now I just put my phone in a different room and my time with her is important. And I don't want that to ever disappear mm -hmm. because I'm trying to do something else because a client says, Oh, I need this. It's like, well, no, you don't. It's, you're not going to die if you don't get this within the next two hours, you know, chill. But I also value my business on speed of delivery and the speed in which I can get back to a client on. So it's setting up those um, boundaries with clients and making them aware that certain times in the day I will be inaccessible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I suppose it's also not, you know, it's easy to talk the talk, but it's walking the walk. So it's, it's yeah. leading by example. Um, and that's absolutely a valid reason, you know, I've, Apologies, this is an hour after you wanted it, but I've actually just been spending time with my daughter. I think yeah. this is, is what I preach to you guys. So I'm just I'm totally, living totally. it, living and breathing it. It's interesting you said about multitasking because actually there's, I think there's a, a big train of thought around a single tasking. I think it's a lie that we've told ourselves that we can multitask, but I think there's so much power in, and I've been working with a client on this actually, about um, mindfully going through the day. So doing tasks mindfully, mindfully and you can't do that when you're multitasking so it's no. bringing back the power of single tasking and giving something your your full attention for whatever period it needs and then moving on it's probably far more efficient I'm I'm probably really guilty of it I've got like 70 million tabs open in my brain and I jump between different things all the time so I'm still a work in progress myself but just the power of yeah giving everything your and I think it's in it, I was going to say easier with a child, but when you're giving another human being your attention, undivided attention, that's quite, you can draw the benefit from that. But when it's things like, right, I need to focus on the emails and leave the phone just now, or I need to go out for a walk and just be present walking rather than being on my phone. 
the benefits may be less obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but equally as, as powerful if we can tap into it. Callum, like we've, we've covered so much ground and I knew we'd go <laughs> off on uh, loads of tangents, which is cool. But just to, I suppose, wrap it up, what, um, if people were looking at making a change or, you know, looking at their next evolution in their life, what, what would be your kind of top tips to help them get started? Oh my days, I was not expecting that. I know, sorry. Um, Hey, you to me pre this. I did. It was there. It was yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, some top tips on um, how to make change. So, first of all, give thanks to the journey that you've been on so far. I think that's an important aspect because mm-hmm. a lot of the time we don't we don't appreciate where we've come from. Uh, I'm not talking about kind of social background, but just the journey that we have been on to this point. You have to give thanks to that because that is then the catalyst to future success. Um, if you're living in the past, if you're looking at any trauma that's happened to you in the past, if you're looking at any issues that's happened in the past, you're still living in the past and you're almost shackled to that without able to like, move forward with that, especially when it comes to my line of work with regards to health and fitness and well-being, etc. And so that would be tip number one. Give thanks. Um, tip number two to, to live a change, a healthy change would be do... Something that's so straightforward that's often overlooked is fresh air. Mm. And I think we are so used to spending hours at a time. Again, I'll use the the phrase shackled because we are to our phones, to our laptops, to our computers, to work, to podcasting, to emails, to Facebook, to social media, that we don't actually ever just go out for a walk without a purpose other than going out for a walk, Mm. you know? And I think the, the benefit that comes from that is so powerful because of the, the mental clarity that you're able to, to gain from it, it's almost like, I don't know, I don't have a Windows computer, but I remember there's a thing called deep defragmentation on it where it sorted out all your, uh, all your files on your computer and put them into a certain order. Your computer used to run faster. It's essentially doing that for your brain and your body. So yeah, and plus it has a huge positive effect on um, your total daily energy expenditure without going into too much detail on that calories and weight loss um, and also a third one would be to to love yourself I think if you don't love yourself how can you expect others to love you and I think we have such a negative relationship with ourselves at times that if you're ever to speak to other people the way you speak to yourself, you wouldn't have anybody in your circle. Mm. So if you can love yourself and go, right, okay, we're good, rather than going, you're a dick, why did you do this? Or you look fat in this, I can't believe you're at this stage. <sighs> you're, you're not going to get anywhere. So yeah, start loving yeah. yourself. Amazing. <laughs> well, I, you're just off the cuff. Yeah, love. I love that. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, really powerful top tips to, to get people started. So, yeah, brilliant. Calm, thanks so much for your time. Um, You're really welcome. appreciate it's been that. Awesome. And, uh, I love this. We could have kept chatting for hours, but um, yeah, I think we've covered loads of ground there and we can always get you back on again. So, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate your time, Nicola. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. And make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again.